I have been getting a lot of questions lately. In fact, for the last couple of months, a lot of questions about teenage parenting, teenagers, their challenges, their issues, their struggles, their individual dynamics, their interpersonal dynamics, specifically when parents are involved. So there are so many questions within that category that if I keep producing one podcast a day, then I probably need about 18 to 20 days. So instead of doing that, I thought I want to get a guest on the show, which by the way, I don't do. This podcast is not a guest-driven podcast, but I thought I'm going to do that as an exception, or maybe we'll see how this goes from here. Those who cannot change their minds cannot change anything. This is Success with Srini. If it's professional growth, personal growth, financial growth, or relationship growth, we're talking about it. One show, one topic. Diving in deep with practical and useful insights that will change and transform your life. Welcome to Success with Srini. And now your host, Srini Sarapalli. Welcome or welcome back to Success with Srini. Happy Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I don't know which day it is, but whichever day it is, happy morning or happy evening to you. First time this year in 2022, ever since this podcast became a daily podcast as a coaching podcast, it launched from 1st of January 2022. This is the first time I'm getting a guest on my podcast who happens to be my daughter. And she happens to be in the studio. And I said, you need to get on because I have too many questions and we need to record a podcast. And I caught her totally by surprise. She's not prepared for this. And she's in the studio. And I said, let's record this podcast. Ruhi, welcome to Success with Srini. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? As you see, I'm doing great. <laughs> <laughs> the minute I press the record button, I'm great. You're great. Once I switch it off, you know I'm not that good. Yeah, you're just faking it. I'm faking it. You're, you're faking correct. It. Okay, so... You just graduated high school. Yes. And, and you are going to? College. And which college it is? UC Santa Cruz. Awesome. Okay. So you have recently, in the last three, four months, for sure last four years, but in the last six months, they have been very stressful for you. Yes. Okay. I w- okay. Now, uh, there was a question about college prep and and all that but I don't know we have time to to talk about that but let me start out by asking the first question which is you know what are the things that you think or what what are things that you given if somebody gives you your clock back yeah and reminds you to the beginning of the ninth grade like what I would do differently what would you do differently I think about this a lot actually I think about like How I would do high school differently if I was 14 again. For reference, I'm 18 now. Mm. And for one, I think each each of my challenges like vary depending on the year. I like freshman year, I struggled a lot with like fitting in, being at a big public high school and having people that were not necessarily the nicest to me and trying to fit in socially. Because freshman year, your classes don't tend to be that hard. But I think it's more about adapting to a new environment and just finding your place there. But the biggest lesson I took away from that, like freshman year, I would say, is just not caring about what people think about you. Like, 
if you know what you're there to do and if you know who you are, then outside opinions really shouldn't affect you. And as you get older, you will realize like what people think of you truly doesn't matter. And the more that you internalize it, the more you suffer because you're giving so much weight to opinions that have no true impact on your life. Let me pause you for a second. Did you not get that advice when you were 14? Yes, I did, but it it didn't really matter to me at the time because I was like, yeah, that's just a whole bunch of mumbo jumbo. I just want to like, I just want to fit in. I want to be popular. I wanted to be popular so badly. And the more you chase after things that have no true value for you, the more you suffer. It, it was just a like a whole pointless external validation game for me. But don't you think now that somebody told you not to to think too much about it, but you still got into it. And now four years later, you're telling yourself you shouldn't have done it. But don't you think by doing it, you are better and going through that pain, that suffering or whatever that is. I don't know if that is the case, but but going through it, now you have that experience and now you're stronger as a result of that. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, people are going to do what they're going to do. You can't stop someone from doing what they want to do. So I'm glad I went through the process and I took those lessons. But honestly, if I could go back in time and just avoid wasting time on things that truly didn't benefit me and just like drain my energy, I just wouldn't have done it. It's just a waste of time. That like make like making friends that are like cooler or trying to seem cooler just to fit in was like completely pointless for me. But that was like my freshman to like sophomore year experience basically. But then junior and senior year, my priorities and my struggles like shifted completely. What are they? What were they? I always heavily prioritize like my academics. I never really, I've like never, I never went to a high school party. I would always like put grades first. And I think that was good in a sense because I did prioritize my education and I like set that boundary very clearly for those around me. But also it can become very like obsessive. And I know a lot of high schoolers, like their relationships with their like their parents suffer a lot because of grades and they're not meeting like an expectation and it becomes like a toxic vicious cycle with themselves too. Silent expectations. Yes. And nonverbal expectations. Invisible. Like say you get a C on a test, even if you know your parents are gonna be upset with you, I think in that moment what happens is we're, we internalize it so much that we're more upset with ourselves than our parents would even be with us. That's That was my experience. Did I have any expectations of you? Like definitely tacit, tacit expectations. Even if it was not spoken, it was mm. understood. Like just, I think growing up in an Asian household, you know you have to like hit the mark somewhere or you're just like, you internalize it like or your self-esteem like it it is lowered by grades like i notice like my junior year especially which is often the hardest year in high school for many for many teenagers i started like basing my worth off like the grades i would get so if my grades were great like my self-esteem would be so high i'd be so happy but if i got a bad grade it could completely throw me off and i know like so many high schoolers deal with that where our perception of ourselves. So you're saying that if you get a, uh, for for the for the people who are listening, yeah, uh, you're saying that, or the stu- kids who are listening, you're saying that if if you get a bad grade, don't take you take it too much into your heart, yeah, and you get a As- good grade, don't get excited about it. Is that the message, or what's the message? No, it's it's natural to feel like human emotion to be sad if you get a bad grade, and to be happy if you get a good grade. The issue comes with dwelling. When you dwell on a bad grade, especially Mm. if you dwell on a bad grade, it completely ruins your mood. It completely ruins your attitude. So say I got 
a bad grade on my calculus exam. And mm. I'm upset about it for like a minute. But then I'm like, you know what? Like, I'm going to study harder for the next test and I'm going to do well on the next test. That's a completely healthy and normal attitude. But what often happens is we internalize that bad test grade so much. It affects our mood. It affects how we perceive ourselves. It affects how we perceive like the subject itself. And mm. if you have low self-esteem in a subject, like for example, math, if your self-esteem is low in the subject, that can translate to how your self-esteem is in general. And we overlook it so much because teenagers spend most of their time in high school. Like you're there eight hours a day, five days a week. Mm. If you have poor self-esteem in one subject, that can significantly affect how you view yourself. Right, right. So you've, and, yeah. But we often overlook that because yeah, like... It's amplified, yeah. Yeah, you just, you're just trying to get through your day. Hmm. You're just trying to like, okay, wake up 7 a.m., come home 3 p.m., like I'm done with my day. I, oh, God, I have to do this tomorrow. So how much, how much of your struggle was satisfying? Like if you have to take a, a circle of yeah. all the struggles yeah. and specifically... In, in terms of grades. So yeah. how much of that you had effort went into satisfying parents and how much the teachers or how much the social pressures and how much to yourself personally? Like how like would you distribute your struggles? stress? How do you, yeah. My yeah. stress? Okay, so I would say six. Like I, I need to get this grade because my mom wants it or this is what my dad expects of me. Or is it like I want this grade, that's why I should do this. Or my teachers, they are... I not think, really supporting me because yeah. I'm getting bad grades on in this in the subjects. So I need to no. I think it's I think it's more nuanced than that. Like you can't just say it's this one pressure, it's this one stress. Like it all kind of works together. So like for me personally, as I got older, my parents like or you guys. Yeah, so, yeah of course. So you I guys, for a second I forgot I'm the parent. Yeah, me too. Ahead. You guys stop being so like specific and critical of my grades it was just kind of implied not not, not that was, not that we became anything we we just we became yeah. clueless because you were yeah. handling everything yeah exactly i became i have no but idea when i was but when which I, subject what topics i can't even demand but when anything, i was right? when and i know that not all parents are like that mine like you guys definitely were not as specifically involved right in mm. my like whole academic process like especially in high school i just like i took the reins like i just did everything on my own but i know I was kind of lucky in a sense where it's like most of my pressure on academics I place on myself. Like I would pull all-nighters and like do stuff that like go the extra mile just for myself, like to get a good grade. Because when I got a bad grade and like you or Amma would ask about it, I would just be like, yeah, I didn't get a good grade on that test. But I wouldn't get yelled at or anything because you guys saw how hard I was working. I was also dealing with like a lot of health issues. So like I think I got lucky in that sense. But nonetheless, since I was like, when I was very young, there was a lot of pressure on me academically. But, uh, no, no, your hard work, you were lopsiding it. What do you You mean? were lopsiding it in the sense that you were, you were dealing with too many things. Yeah. And then eventually waiting till the last minute to get things done. But think about it. If today's podcast, if this podcast is supposed to be airing today, yeah. let's say, right, I'll be under tremendous pressure. But yeah. this is a podcast I'm recording for a future date. Yeah. And I don't know when it's going to be going live. So I'm a little bit relaxed. I don't have that sense of urgency, right? But what I've seen, that's just an example. But what I've seen is you were dealing with like last minute stuff a lot. Is that, is that a fair assessment or am I wrong? Yeah, because, because I have ADHD and with that, like time management is very hard because of time blindness. Like you don't have a good perception of time. Like you don't know how long it'll take for you to get stuff done. But like 
while it hit me hard in terms of time management, doing everything last minute, it also like, it kind of is like a superpower sometimes because sometimes I would like in the last minute that I would do stuff, I would get it done so well. Like quality was amazing. And like time was like incredible because I had to feel like the fear of like the deadline being then. Like if I had an essay and it was given to, like I had two weeks to complete it, I would really only be able to do it like 9 p.m. that night because Mm. I had to feel the urgency. Mm. That was like motivating to me to get it done. And it really caused me, it was so much self-inflicted stress Mm. throughout the years because I didn't manage my time properly. When, if I had done, if I'd managed my time properly, then I wouldn't feel like that, the high adrenaline like rush Mm. of doing it within those past few hours. Mm. And like, as I'm going into college, and like gaining access to more resources, I'm actively like working towards changing that. So you said ADHD. Let's get into that because I get a lot of questions on the topic. Maybe we should come back and do a few more podcast episodes on that. But what's your message to kids? And this is something in in your case, you became proactive and you you found out, but most kids, they don't. And I I get a lot of uh, parents who, who reach out to me and I tell them, go get an evaluation. And several yeah. several of my friends, like my work friends, my yeah. uh, my college friends, I insisted upon them to take their kids and get them a proper diagnosis. They thought hypnosis is going to fix it and all, which, which I say, you know, it's hit and miss. But yeah. what's your suggestion on this whole ADHD stuff? There's a lot of information on it, yeah. but there is, isn't yeah. a lot either. Lit- yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. It's like... There's a lot out there, but there's also not a lot. I got diagnosed what like what we would consider in the American system very late. Mm. I got I got diagnosed literally this year at 17. Mm. So I had gone through literally 12, 11 and a half, like basically 12 years through the American education system, mm. struggling in specifically math, not knowing why it was so hard for me to grasp. Mm. And I, I vividly, like, remember so many experiences as a kid that were just so bizarre to me. Like, I would not be able to stop talking. Like, every report card, excellent student, excellent student, but just, like, cannot stop talking. And I would, like, be able to finish essays that we were given one hour to do in 15 minutes. But to understand one math question, it would take me forever. So, naturally, one area is... Strong, awesome, yes, strong. Yes. The other area is weak. And it tends to be like that for a lot of kids with ADHD, whether it be like math or reading, they tend to be so good at one of them, but often not both. So what do you think? It, if I if I go to for an ADHD, see a lot of, see, I, you know me, anybody who's listening to this podcast, you know me better than anybody. So yeah. if knowing what you know, if I go uh, through an ADHD test myself, do do you think I'll get I'll be diagnosed positive or at some... On, even, on some even if, like, I know you well, I don't think I can accurately say that. Cause no, I'm but not, if, I, if I go through, I'm, assumption. Yeah, but I, but I'm not... See, I'll preface it by saying, like, I'm not a psychiatrist, so I wouldn't exactly know. But I do notice we have a lot of similar mannerisms. Yeah. So I, I would think so. Like, you would think so. I would think so, yeah, mm. because there's a lot of, like, key indicators. I wish I got diagnosed when I was younger so I could be given, like a lot more like resources, help, like medication, all that, Mm. because it would have made the process so much easier. Like as you, the longer you don't know, or the longer you, that's just how much more you struggle in like the real world. So because ADHD falls under neurodiversity. So Mm. your brain naturally functions differently. The way you, 
the way I perceive the world is completely different than how like a neurotypical person would, mm. which makes it very hard in certain aspects to navigate. Mm. And like, I remember like once when I was in fourth grade, a teacher told Amma that like, she just doesn't like, she went to the, the teacher like had a conference with her and told her like, she just doesn't care like for time. She just has no fear for consequences or time. Like she just takes her sweet time doing things. And I've never seen a student that just is so like carefree in that regard, mm. like in a negative way, concerned way. Mm. And Amma told me this years later, and she was like, yeah, in that moment, I, I remember my fifth grade teacher would like, it felt like she'd always pick on me for talking, even though everyone else was. And I got sent out like three times and I would just cry because I didn't know what I was doing wrong. Mm. I didn't know how to fix it. So what's your message to the parents? My message to parents with ADHD, especially in like the Desi community, there's like a lot of stigma around like mental illnesses and like being like perceived as like differently or weird mm. i'd say just go get your kid evaluated mm. and help them get a formal diagnosis because it can help them so much mm. it can help them so much like this the education system itself is flawed here because it is like it's just a scale of like rote memories. i was just watching a video last night yeah by somebody who who made a point he said the education system is the only the education system, the one that the world follows today, yeah. has not been touched in the last 1,000 years. So Oxford, Harvard, Oxford, Oxford started, what, 1,100-something, 1,200-something in the year. And they, they used to come to the, white, to the board and write things. Yeah. And even today, people walk up to the board and write yeah. So nothing has changed. There's a lot of this. And, and there's an incredible point he also made, which is the second biggest expense beyond a house is education. Yeah. And it's a multi-trillion dollar industry, so that can be revamped and yeah. new learnings, Even new like, way approaches. The way college admissions and everything works, it's, it's just a money game, honestly. But I was going to talk about how the education system, I think it fails students in that it is so geared in a certain way. You have to get this certain grade to like pass or to be good. And it's like, even that grade is just based on like your memorization skills. Mm. A lot of it is like not understanding. Like after you take a test, you really remember everything that was on it. Mm. You forget it when you're studying for the next unit. Like I think we've really lost the, the essence of learning and processing information, mm. especially in like recent generations. Mm. It like we're, every single one of us is doing it for a grade. And if you say you're not, you're lying. We're doing this to get the grades. We're doing this so that we can get that career. We're doing this so we can make money. Like it's it's very unfortunate, but that's the reality of it because that's how this country is set up. That's how the whole world is. The set. whole that's how the whole world is set up. Hmm. Yeah, hmm. basically. So, academic I, ladders get you the money. Academic ladders. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The higher you are on the ladder, yeah, the more exactly. money you make. But what are you losing to make that money? Exactly. That's the question. <laughs> right. Yeah. Isn't that the question? Yeah. Okay. So, you're telling the parents not to go after grades or telling parents not to tell the kids to go after grades? No, I'm not telling I'm not telling like parents what they should do. I just think that we need to be more mindful in how we approach it because yelling at your kid for getting a bad grade, like we can get into the neuroscience of it if you like really want to. If you're constantly reinforcing for them, let's say your kid gets a bad grade on their test. If you're screaming at them saying you suck, like how could you do this? What's wrong with you? You're like hitting them 
God knows what you're doing, right? You're just enforcing a negative cycle. Mm. It's a it's a negative reinforcement cycle. Mm. Like you, the more you tell them that, mm. that's why ages zero ages zero to seven are very important because that's when kids are developing consciousness and their cognitive abilities. Mm. So whatever information is fed to them during those initial seven years, that can stick with them for a lifetime. Forget like... Programming. Yeah, yeah, it's programming. Yeah. And unfortunately, so many adults program such negative things into their children. Mm. And then those children have to deal with these like subconscious limiting beliefs and struggles that aren't even their own. Correct. So let's say seven, that's first or second grade. They get a bad grade on a test and they're being yelled at and they're being told like, you suck, you're horrible. Like, how could you do this? You're just reinforcing for the kid that they suck at that. So what are they going to do? They're going to have a poor self-esteem in the subject. Mm. They're going to go take their next test with zero confidence, zero belief in their abilities, zero belief that they can do well in this subject, get a bad grade. You're going to yell at them again. And then they're just going to continue that cycle. You're mm. just reinforcing the bad grades mm. and you don't realize you're causing them. That's It's so interesting. That's why if you reverse engineer it and you're more positive towards your children and you're encouraging them and if they get a bad grade, you acknowledge how, how much they're already putting themselves, themselves down and you encourage them and tell them, no, how can I help you? How can I give you assistance here so that you can do well next time? And even if you don't, you tried your best. Mm. The more you enforce a positive reinforcement cycle, the better they'll do. But see, the, the struggle with parents is they have their own stressors, right? Yeah. There's too but much I going on in their life. They have their career. They have their money situation. They have their I, own parents. Yeah. There's so much going on in their lives. It's difficult for them to regulate all the challenges that but, they are facing. It doesn't matter how big yeah. they are and how grown up they are. I think, and also what happens is, I know parents are worried about and care a lot about their kids, but because they deal with like so much in their personal lives, grades are the one area where they can project all their anger and frustrations and worries so onto, right? onto their kids. That's exactly. tangible, that's, that's tangible. visible. Right? It's tangible. Yeah. I'm worried like my boss might fire me, like my job is on the rocks, like I have to take care of my parent, like I I don't know, like my finances, pay. I have to pay the bills, like I don't know, like our, our social circles, whatever, falling apart, like my marriage, it's like, it's rocky, like I'm dealing with all these struggles. Oh, you got a C on your chemistry test? What is wrong with you? Yeah, you. what is wrong with you? I hate that you. Like, you're horrible. Right this is why this is why you're worthless. Like that's that's how it goes. That's how, that's how it, goes. it goes. And unfortunately, children are so young and innocent. And even if a child is rebellious and claims to hate their parent, they on a biological level seek comfort from them. Hmm. Especially like especially with your parents. Like you seek comfort from your parents because like even like on a mammalian level, like they are meant to nurture you. They're meant to raise you. And you're a child. Your brain is not fully developed yet. So you rely on your parents. Whether if if it's not emotionally, it's financially. And even that financial level feeds into the emotional level. Mm. You rely on your parents. And when you lose that support structure at home, it completely breaks your foundation for how you view yourself and how you view the obstacles in front of you. Yes. You know, there was uh, there was an author who wrote a book on this, and I forgot the name. Maybe I'll look it up and I'll post it as a part of the podcast in the podcast notes. You know, when uh, your shelter hurts you, yeah, something something along those lines, yeah. So, what do you, what do you suggest? And I in the earlier podcasts, I have said this. I said every teenage parent should take a training on how to raise their children. 
Did you? I did not. Do you think you should? Because have? I thought I should. Not you only should. now. I think you have. Once you rage, once you become, uh, I say that, but yeah. I didn't do that. And I didn't do that because I can say that. <laughs> I can tell others what they should do. And I did. Yeah. But, but in all fairness, in all fairness, I have taken direct guidance from people who are experts in this field on how to how to approach this whole area and could have done better so this by the way even though i say that take a seminar on parenting teenage parenting i don't think seminars will help and there are many schools they give you that training some schools have programs there was i think the san ramon school system or the public school system has some classes i don't know if cupertino union school district has it what what do they say fremont union school district for cupertino yeah yeah i don't think they i don't think they have it maybe they do now but back in the day oh, they, they need it the most <laughs> they need it the most okay i'll let them know <laughs> okay but they they it's bottom line is this bottom line is it's competitive yeah not only for the kids also for the parents right so so it's hard it's difficult that's why it's very hard to live in silicon valley it's very hard to create a career in silicon valley it's difficult you if you don't follow a template and by the way the template is not constant either but there has to be a, a a template that you have to follow that is proven and you got to modify the template to work for you and most people modify it but it doesn't work for them at a level they expect it to work but that's okay but there has to be a structure there has to be an approach and there has to be a thinking behind how to lead a all inclusive life and i keep repeating myself on this podcast driving that message but yes to your point i should have done more of that but i think no matter how many classes you take how to raise children how to raise you know teenage children it doesn't matter i think you really have to keep on learning yeah and keep on unlearning regardless of where how far you live and how far you go yeah, once you're on the structure you can't escape the learning yeah because like no uniform like mold or model is going to apply to They didn't give me an instruction manual. Yeah. I was looking for once when you we were born, both me and Amma were looking for an instruction manual. We couldn't find it. Yeah, because everyone's situation is different. Every kid is different. Every parent is different. So if you try to like generalize and you like make it this like completely universal experience, I just think it's counterproductive in that sense because let's say you take something from a seminar and you try to apply it and it just doesn't work with your kid, are you going to go yell at the person who threw the seminar or are you going to yell at your kid like, "Oh, you're not following the instruction manual." Right. It's very nuanced and you have to learn how to navigate and it's a consistent learning process. Like even though I'm 18 now, aren't you and Amma constantly like learning mm-hmm. more on parenting? Yeah. Aren't there like things you want to do differently oh, with totally. Ayush? Yes. totally yes yeah. totally so well, let's see we are quite a bit into this question for you you clearly said that there were expectations you had to meet and you also made a point that kids in high school they come they deal with many expectations coming from different directions right we talked about that how about homework did it bother you Yeah, homework was crazy for me cuz I What? went to a very very competitive high school for my first two years and my last two years I did the IB diploma. Mm. So I was always packed with homework. Tell me what what's your <coughs> Okay. What's your suggestion on how to deal with homework? What are the shortcuts? Okay, any homework, any shortcuts? With homework? Um, no shortcuts, but yeah. 
I would always do my homework. I was that kid that always did my homework because um, like the repetition really imprints it into your brain, what mm. you're learning, and mm. it's really helpful. But with homework, I would say it would take me like six, seven hours sometimes. And that's because it, it like a central part of ADHD is like not being able to focus. Mm-hmm. But I recommend the Pomodoro method, which is like where you do a task for like 50 minutes, take five minute yeah, breaks, yeah. like reward yourself somehow. And like that way you can get it done so much quicker. And even if you think, oh my God, 50 minutes, you're going to get so much more done in that time than you would normally do if you just was like, if you just like went with the mentality that like, oh, I'm just going to sit here and try to do this. Like it's going to take forever. Like, no, like there are ways to stay on track and the more focused you are the faster you can get it done hmm. okay so yeah i talked about pomodoro technique on the podcast many many months ago okay how about grades i think we talked about grades yeah, grades, about grades no, no need to worry about them yeah or you need to worry about them no, you worry about say, them positively don't worry about them negatively i would say do your best do your best <laughs> realize that you are human and you will naturally feel disappointed if anyone that's telling you don't be upset about your F, like they're delusional. It, it's it's a human reaction to feel upset over something that's distressing, something you worked hard toward. But just learn to live in the present moment. So what do you think will get a grade for this podcast? A, B, C, D, E, or F? What do you think? I don't know. I don't know. We'll let, let our listeners let us tell know. us. Rank, rank us, rate us, grade us. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah. They, I'll, I'll get a lot of emails, I tell you. Okay. Um did you, as you, you are going through this, there is another question. As you are going through this, 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th grade, yeah. were you understanding the classes you were taking or you were doing it just because you are supposed to do it or do them? I think, okay, I definitely struggled a lot in math, but I think that motivated me more to build my understanding in the subject. So... I think especially in like middle school and earlier in high school, it's easy to be like, okay, let me just like get by. But then there comes a point, I think, in everyone's like learning process where you're like, no, if I'm struggling in this, like I actually want to get a grasp of it because you feel so good when you understand it. Like math is so fun when you get it. I always say that math is so fun when you understand what's happening. It's when you struggle where you build like resentment towards the class and you build more resistance towards learning the the content and learning the material okay let me phrase this question differently okay are you suggesting that whoever is going through high school or middle school graduating to high school or whatever school yeah. wherever they are are you suggesting them to understand their classes yeah because if you don't understand okay. like you're just going to be completely clueless in them okay so and that what, is the worst feeling right so question is how would they understand this because they're doing it as, as you did. Yeah. And they're doing it because the, that's what they're asked. That's what they're expected to do. So they go through yeah. every class, right? But should they stand up and say, this is not what I want to do because this doesn't align to what I want to do? Or they, will, they should still do it, but then they have to have a different approach. Because understanding as a subject becomes more advanced yeah you know you can't keep up it becomes harder as you said resentment right comes yeah. in i've seen classes or when i was growing up seen classes who that were very difficult yeah. and eventually became easier mm-hmm. as i worked them and but there are some topics within for example in math 
Yeah. Right. So when I was growing up in sixth grade, I did a podcast on this too. Uh, sixth grade or seventh grade, there was a a problem that that goes like this. So a train crosses a pole. You know those problems? Did you have those problems at a certain speed? Yeah. And and there was something about calculation of the distance or something. I never got the core principle behind it, mm-hmm. and I used to always avoid that question. Got it. And I also had one more question as a kid, which was when you open the tap, water fills the bucket at a certain rate, yeah. uh, and then there is a uh, the water is coming out of the bucket at a certain rate or something like that. And after three hours, how much water is left or something like that? Yeah, like In, displacement. Dis- and, something and like, like that, right? Yeah. I never got it. Hence, I always avoided it. Yeah. And eventually, much many, many years it later. It up to you. It did. I wrote GMAT and a similar question came up and my aptitude was weak on that. And yeah. I lost it there also years later. I made a podcast on this, but okay. I think, I think that's all there is to this. Yeah. So we are 30. Oh, wow. Okay. So we are over 30 minutes into the podcast. You suggest professional help all along. Or is people are overdoing it? I've seen parents who are doing college admissions, counselors. They start like in sixth grade. <laughs> yeah, What's your take on that? You never took a counselor. You no, never went to I didn't do. I didn't do counseling. I think that if you really want to, you can like do it. If you have the financials for it and if you really think that's your best option, I don't think it's necessary. Mm. And I do think that especially in the Bay Area, parents are overdoing it because they're just trying to keep up. So they're like pushing their kids so, so So hard. You you never did counseling. You never took any help with your essays. No. You never took any help with understanding the college landscape. No. All you did on your own. Yeah. So just on record, I I did not do anything. I just paid $55-70 for all the colleges that you applied. And you wrote essays for all the colleges on your own. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So that's not a good thing, right? Parents should help or it's not necessary. No. Well, I think everyone's situation is different. If you have okay. if you have support and if you have like resources, that's great. Good for you. I, I do think that, again, it is a money thing where hmm. the higher you go up, like the more access you have to admission counselors and the more access you have to pay to get in. And right. it's, a, it's a whole game in and of itself. But I would say like in my situation, I am my parents like first kid and my parents yeah, are my lot. parents are immigrants and yeah. they're yeah new in this country like right so i didn't want to put that stress on them and i wasn't going to blame them for not oh, knowing you revealed everything I'm not everybody <laughs> thinks that i'm born and raised here no one no thinks, no one thinks that <laughs> no one thinks so no why one thinks my accent that. yeah i'm so good at this no 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 okay okay maybe not <laughs> maybe i think too much about myself okay anything uh, i should have asked you no i don't think so because I need to rush. I need to close this podcast because this can go on and on and on. Who is a good speaker, you or me? Me. Really? I have less filler words. I have a lot of filler words, huh? A lot. Really? But also... I can't it, get my thoughts. Also, this is your like third language. Ah, okay. No, it's your fourth. Hmm. It goes... It Did goes, I use a lot of filler words as a part Uri- of the podcast? Uri- Telugu, Hindi, English. It's your fourth language. It's my first language. Oh, Really? Yeah, uh, you have, I have. I know two more other languages too. I can speak Tamil. But those are okay. That, that's, I can that's also not speak Ahami. Listen, that's listen. Not your are, la- those are not your like. I could, I could, I could, I could piece your, them. I could piece me. Fluent them. languages. English is your fourth best language. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. So you're Look. a good speaker, better speaker than me. Yeah, because so how come f- you don't have your own podcast? Because why? Why do you have to come to my podcast and talk these things? 
it's better of you do your own podcast and do your things i set expectations now. you're the one that invited yeah, i'm me. setting i did i invite you you just came onto the no, microphone you know you invited oh, me there was a formal invitation yeah okay maybe you begged me to be here i begged you to be here okay yeah. got it got it okay i'll leave it to our dear listeners to tell me they'll figure out the truth i promise you okay okay any closing comment dear no thank you for having me yeah you're not done yet you'll be back there's going to be more okay when do you check into college friday in in um, I, I, no, i was recording on 13th so you're checking in in 3 days in 3 days awesome brilliant hey all the best to you and to me okay and to us and to us okay that's all for now this was completely unscripted as you see and there are so many things and as you clearly see that we this could have gone even more deeper and more wider and in different directions also but thank you for staying uh, with us thank you for listening thank you for subscribing and uh, if you have a comment for me by all means you can text me at 8888180404 you can also write a comment on the podcasting app itself whichever one you are using and you're watching this on youtube there should be a place for you to make a comment also that's all for now wherever you are be safe and i'll be with you as early as tomorrow i just realized i'm not good you can just finish me off i just realized that i just realized how much i have to do to catch up with you yeah yeah you've been listening to success with srini srini is committed to changing and transforming your life whether it's professional growth personal growth financial growth or relationship growth srini has positively touched the lives of over 1 million people through his seminars webinars workshops and radio shows we hope you've enjoyed the show make sure to like rate and review and we'll be back soon but in the meantime hit up the youtube channel at success with srini and the website at www.srinisarapalli.com remember improvement begins with i see you next time on success with srini